these guys survived the David Kahn era of Timberwolves basketball and live to tell about it. It's Flagrant Howls. Yes, welcome in to a Friday edition of your favorite Timberwolves lifestyle podcast. I've got the OG Timberwolves guy here, the sports dad, Judd Zolgad, in the house. Good to be here. And I've got Wolves takes. I got four Wolves takes off of the newest, most impressive win of the season, maybe, last night. Rasho wants to to hear those takes. And not just Rasho. And not just Rasho. But um, Joe Smith also excited. Oh, Joe Smith sounds a little like he's a little rattly there. Does Joe have a contract? Joe, where's the contract? Tell me it's not in the drawer. Oh, no, it is. Check under the table. Rasho's like, no, (laughs) don't do the contract like that. Rasho, here, let's play a fun game real quick before I get you Wolf Sticks. How much money did Rasho Nesterovich make, do you think, in his career? Let's look this up. Um, Way too much because he signed that last contract, right? He was, you know what? People kind of made fun of Rasho. Rasho was a good NBA player for like 10 years. Yeah, he was solid. He, wasn't he on a Spurs championship team? Yes, he's a 2005 yeah, NBA champion with the San Antonio Russell. Spurs. He got a bobblehead for He look. started 70 games for an NBA champion Spurs team. Rasho. Yeah, Rasho didn't deserve to be made fun of. Rasho made Rasho made $50.3 million playing NBA basketball in the late 90s, early 2000s. Well, then guess who's wow, laughing dude. last? Rasho. The Nesterovich family. Yeah. Good for them. Anyway. So last night, Timberwolves, they go on the road. Okay, fresh off, fresh a few days ago, I guess. Off a loss, bad taste in our mouths. Okay, let's let's jump here. Let's start hot against the Mavericks, right? Right. They fall down 17-2 to two to start that game. 17-2. to two. Mm-hmm. And they mm-hmm. roar their way back. 36-point uh, swing at one point, if my math is right, right? So they were down by 15, and then they at one point had a 21-point lead. So, yeah, 36-point swing in this game. And I'm going to give you uh, my first take of four here, four Wolves takes for you. Take number one, Wolves culture indeed exists, and last night was yet another manifestation of it. We have we have a thing called Wolves culture now for the first time in like 20 years. I think KG brought a certain yeah, grit K- to those teams. KG, yeah, no question about that. Now, there, there was a Wolves culture off and on for 20 years. It was mostly just like blowing big leads and right. underachieving. and It was ineptitude know. is what it was. Immaturity, ineptitude. Which I don't think qualifies as a culture. I think it just sucks. Yeah. But now it's like you can fall down 17-2 to two to start a game. Anthony Edwards can have one of the worst shooting nights of his career, a three for 19 clunker as he's trying to get back from this hip injury and still not only win, but blow the Mavericks out at home. Now I know that Kyrie wasn't playing and so it wasn't a fully stocked team, but like it's on the road, you go on the road in their home building. It's it's incredible. And Luca played and Luca's a phenomenal talent. Yep. It's funny. I think it's very fair. And, and look, I mean, Wolves fans and hell, not just Wolves fans, Minnesota sports fans in general are pessimists because we have a lot of reason to, to be okay. But like, let's say, in, in fact, you, you could do a list of this. Let's say you're trying to poke holes in this team. Okay. Which is fair. Mm-hmm. And, and so you're trying to find the faults. What are the faults? What are the things they don't do well? What are the whole, what's going to come back and bite them in the ass. And I feel like we're going down a checklist of things that they're, that they're checking on a regular basis yeah like 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 last night i I mean 17 to 2 
Luca goes crazy to start the game. And here's the thing about it in, in, cause I, I was at the uh, hockey game last night, but I went back and watched the extended highlight package this morning. And the thing about it that impressed me was not only did they not freak out about it, but they looked like, okay, cool. We're down 17 to two on the road. We've got this. And we've got a star player who's right now completely doing us. And that's okay. Yeah. It's, it is amazing. Cause they've had some of these games where, and I'm trying to think it's like two weeks. It was the thunder game um, that I was at where the thunder were up by 10 points. They scored like, 30 points in the first quarter. They're up by 10 points right away. Same type of deal. Just take a deep breath. Yep. Regroup during the first quarter break. And and then the defense kicks in. And a game in which it looks like, oh, they're this is going to be a night where they give up 125 points. And the opponent is grinding their way to 100. Mm-hmm. And that's the best part about this. Defense mm-hmm. travels. A running game in the NFL travels. Great pitching in baseball travels, right? Right. When you when you can play defense like this, you're not going to play it steadily. They give up 60 points in the first half. And they, they but they closed the gap to what they actually took the lead uh, late in the first half. So they, they wiped away the entire deficit in the second quarter. And the, so the Mavericks scored 60 points in the first half at home and grinded to get to 100 at the end of that game. So it was just I don't know if it's the most impressive win of the season, but it's like in the conversation in the, what, 25 games or so that they've played. Take number two, Nas Reed. That's the take. Take number two is just... Just the name? Nas the Reed. The 7 three, The 7-3s last night? My God. Dude, he's, and he had a handful of them came in the first half when they needed offense. They were... You know, when Anthony Edwards, that's that that is as you poke holes in this team, it's like, okay, on a night where Anthony Edwards either doesn't play or is not knocking down shots, he's three for 19. Kind of what is the offense? And Nas Reed is probably once you get past Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns, who is that third offensive spark? Well, it's Nas, it's Nas Reed. He saved the game last night, the seven made threes as they're desperately searching for something. And I want to bring some more stats to the table here, okay. We'll call this, uh, as we do on the episodes with Kyle, Timberwolves stat porn here, Judd. So last oh, year. Feel dirty. Yep. Last year, when Nas was on the court with Rudy Gobert, it was a train wreck last year. The Wolves were a minus 11 per 100 possessions when Rudy and Nas were on the court together. One of the biggest compliments we can give Nas Reed is his adaptability over the years, right? Like whether it's individually yep. going from being this this undrafted, go to summer league, prove that you're an NBA player. Like every step of the way he's had to mold and adapt and and change his game and add more pieces and like add a three-point shot, you know, add better conditioning, get in better shape, be leaner, like all these things. And I think from last year to this year, his ability to play anywhere they need him, because he's still coming off the bench, right? Like you're not you're not asking Rudy Gobert to change and adapt. They did ask Carl Anthony Towns too over the last couple of years, but it's like Nas. We're bringing you back, but we got to find a way with 25 minutes. You're going to have to play with Rudy. You're going to have to play with Cat. Like, there's no way around it. So last year, a minus 11 points per 100 possessions when he was on the floor with Rudy Gobert. This year, plus 7 points per 100 possessions. An 18 point per 100 possessions turnaround when Nas and Rudy are on the court at the same time. So, and by the way, he's also a plus 4 per 100 when on the court with Cat. So, like, you, you can move. He has become this amazing chess piece that hey tonight we need three-point shooting 
tonight we need energy. Tonight we need someone to get inside and and grab some rebounds, whatever. Like we need you to play with Rudy more tonight. We need you to play with Cat more. He can play with anybody. He's just he is he's a Swiss Army knife for this basketball team. Where, in your opinion, does he rank as um, potential candidate for six man? Boy, right now I'd have to do a little more diving in that terms of like who other teams are bringing right out there the because yeah. he's uh like like that's the thing because he is what I, I mean in you know in sports terms he is the he's become like the ultimate because he's good utility man yep let me see here real quick i think let's just see who are the who are the top scorers he screams sixth man candidate to me so so he i'm just looking at i'm just literally just looking at like the top scorers that come off the bench so the the highest points per game of a bench player is Bogdanovich with the uh, Hawks, 17 points a game. He's actually tied with Tim Hardaway Jr. also averaging 17 off the bench. Uh, Karis LeVert is averaging 15 off the bench. Cole Anthony, my guy Emmanuel quickly. I'd love to see him in a Timberwolves uniform someday. I guess Austin, Austin Reeves has started eight games for the Lakers out of 25. So, I mean, there's some dudes. But Nas but Reed, yeah, as far he's as top he 10 scoring. And all the other stuff, yeah. And, yeah, the package, the fact that he can do what what they need, and and I, you know what, I think Nas and Cat deserve a lot of credit, both of them, for what they've adapted and done. And you know, you know, we we probably for as hard as we've been on Carl, um, and and we have spoken glowingly of him when we've talked about him in the last few weeks. But you know, again, last night, you look at what he contributed very quietly. It seems like he's not a big talking point, big rebounds, man. That yep. dude deserves, we were hard on him because rightfully so we expected more, but he's given you more now. Yeah. And, and God, it's funny how the conversation a year ago was, boy, can you really, in a, in a league again, where it's like the basket is 10 feet high and you've got a bunch of seven footers, like, if size is a disadvantage, like that's where people I think were outsmarting themselves a little bit last year. Oh my God, they added this elite defensive seven footer and they've got Nas Reed. Boy, they might have to get rid of some of the size. And the Wolves said, well, wait a second. It's basketball. And for a hundred years, like being bigger than your opponent has been an advantage. Like it's an inherent core advantage to the sport of basketball. Now there's something to be said for being small and nimble and shooting threes and whatever, but Sure. So many Absolutely. people and teams looked at the Warriors as a blueprint. It's like, well, I, the Warriors are a unicorn, man. The Warriors right. had two of the greatest shooting guards in the history of the league. And all these teams are trying to replicate it as like a diet version. And I like that the Wolves came in now and we're seeing it come to fruition and say, no, we're just going to be big. We're just going to have, and it helps to have two of your big guys that can shoot 40% from three-point range, Cat and Nas Reed. But last night... Go Baron mm-hmm. Towns combined the, the Wolves out rebounded the Mavericks by ten, which was a huge reason why they came back in that game. They they weren't giving the Mavericks nearly as many second. The, the Mavericks had four offensive rebounds in that game. The Wolves had twelve, and that's a huge reason why they swung that game back in their favor. But but Go Baron Towns combined for twenty nine rebounds in that game, just clearing every missed shot out. It's mm-hmm. a huge advantage. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I got a question um, for you as well on Gobert. And, and it's this. And I don't know if this is quantifiable through through advanced statistics or not, but Gobert's actual positioning 
on the floor. Because the more I watch him, and, and this is a credit to coaching more than the player because it's actually, I think, orchestrated. But the more I watch him, he, the complaint last year, and maybe or probably rightfully so, was that Gobert was in the lane when he played and he took up space. And like so Ant and at the time D'Lo had problems trying to, um, as the basketball people like to say, probe the lane mm-hmm. because there was this there was this mammoth guy who on the other end is a great defender but is sort of a plug in the drain on his end and it feels like the wolves have done a really good job of gobert now being moved around more not to put him in position necessarily to shoot although he has on occasion but more so to free things up in certain play sets yeah is that is that a correct assessment it is something they're trying to do more of. I don't have it in front of me, like what percentage of the time he is in different places, but I can tell you anecdotally, Carl Anthony Towns, before Rudy Gobert arrived, on average, about one in every three of his field goal attempts, so like 30 to 33% of his field goal attempts came at the rim, cat. As a big man that's, you know, think about how many times you've seen him in his career Top of the key, boom, dribble drive, like those big, you know, 20-inch shoes coming down the lane. So the first year of Gobert, he had by far the lowest percentage of shots at the rim. He was only taking 20% of his shots at the rim because, you know, got Rudy Gobert in the mix and Carl's playing more on the perimeter. So this year, that percentage has gone back up. It's not quite where it was pre-Gobert, but it's an extra 5 or 6%. So he's gone from 20% to 25% of his shots being at the rim. Okay, and I think I so I, I think Chris Finch came in, and that was a conscious thing. Is okay? Can we? Obviously, you're not going to just like park Rudy in the corner because he's not going to hit corner. Although he did attempt a corner three and rattled it a few weeks ago. Yep. And he and he actually knocked down he knocked down like a twelve footer, kind of uh, block extended about two games ago. He was feeling himself a couple games ago, and he he literally just like pulled up because even at twelve feet, the defender sags off. Like, uh, you want to shoot it? And he knocks it down. So, but yeah, if you can just kind of pull him away a little bit, it gives Cat right. more opportunities. Um, a- Anthony Edwards is another one to look at. Very interestingly, it's it's the other way for him this year. So, last year, and and this was pretty uniform across the first three years of his career. Thirty percent of his shot attempts, Anthony Edwards, came from point blank range, so layups just right at the rim. It's half of that rate this year. Only sixteen percent. And he's swapping those out for that mid-range game. So it's he's 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 actually taking way fewer threes and way fewer layups, and he's taking a lot more of those three to ten footers and those ten to sixteen footers, which seems like a bad strategy in today's NBA. Yes, but he's knocking them down. Like he is shooting forty percent on ten to sixteen footers, and he's shooting. 44% on 16, like long twos, 16 feet to the, to the three-point line. So I think that's less about Rudy and more about Anthony Edwards adding layers to his mid-range game that have been working for him this year. So Where does the league stand right now on the long two? It's kind of it's kind of coming back around because teams... It was completely were, out four years ago. Yeah, it was. But even through like the change in... Like that trend, and it was driven by analytics, and I think mathematically it is sound that it's more efficient in general to get closer to the basket. Mm -hmm. And the further away you get, you might as well shoot threes because you get an extra point. 
But what got lost is the amount of wide open two point opportunities that existed. And so some of those Rockets teams under Mike D'Antoni, they would and and you know, there was teams like Golden State, for instance, they would commit to just just chase them off the three point line because they'll pass up the open two to try and find another three pointer. Yes. But if you've got guys, think about like Kevin Durant never bought into it. There's there are certain guys that said, I don't care what the trends are. I shoot 45, 50% from long two. That's a great shot for me. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's the Timberwolves have a couple guys, Cat and, and Anthony Edwards, that can knock that shot down. And if it's wide open, they should shoot that shot. And Anthony Edwards is shooting 44% from long two. I, analytically, that's a great rate. You should take that shot if it's open. So. Speaking of Anthony Edwards, take number three here, Phil's Wolves takes. We continue to see the evolution and the maturity of Anthony Edwards, even on a night where the box score looks very unkind. So last night, I'm at, last night was actually one of the more impressive Anthony Edwards games, not because of the shooting, which was one of the worst games of his career, three for 19. But okay, three for 19, that's a train wreck. If you were to tell me he's going to have a three for 19 night, are they going to win on the road in Dallas? I would say probably not, historically. Mm-hmm. But he dishes out 11 assists. If you watch some of them, there was a great play. Dane Moore posted the video clip this morning of this player late last night on his Twitter account. Anthony Edwards is sort of dribble driving on the like the right side of the court, like off the wing. He's kind of probing. He's doing his like one-on-one shake-and-bake stuff. And he gets a step on the defender. And instead of going in for like a floater or a contested layup, he jumps up. And he knew the whole time what he was going to do. He jumps up, defense comes in. Oh, my God, Anthony Edwards getting in the lane. He jumps up one hand, rifle pass to the corner. Mike Conley, wide open three. That is how you use your superpowers in the NBA. And not many guys have it where, like, they can get by the defender. Three guys commit because he's Anthony Edwards. Right. What's the next play? Boom, Mike Conley in the corner. So he winds up with, on a three-for-19 night from the field, he winds up with 11 assists and a plus 20 when the Wolves had him on the floor. So the Wolves were a plus 20 in the Anthony Edwards minutes despite him going three for 19. And that shows you all the activity he is generating even when he's missing shots. And it also shows you, to go back to your first point, the maturity of this team now and the culture that's been set. Like where you can have that that bad of shooting night, but it doesn't. it's not nearly as detrimental if you find ways to contribute. Yep. And if you look to, I like to play the uh, the lineup matchups, lineup combinations game here once in a while in Flagrant Hollows, where you go and see, okay, which pairings are working the best together. Mm-hmm. So of all of the Timberwolves two-man pairings that have played at least 150 minutes together, so the ones that are out there, like the starters and the main rotation players. One, two, three, four. The top four pairings all involve Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards plus Nas Reed is the number one pairing on the Timberwolves. When those guys are on the court together, the Wolves are a plus 19 points per 100 possessions. When Anthony Edwards is out there with Kyle Anderson, it's a plus 15 points per 100. When he's out there with Mike Conley, it's a plus 14 points per 100. Same for when he's out there with Gobert. It's a plus 14 points per 100. It's like his impact. It's 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 not just hollow stats, man. Like he's making an impact as a playmaker, usually as a scorer, although not last night, and as a lockdown defender when he wants to be. And so. the, the last guy that that I saw in the box score that really impressed me was Nah. 
Oh, dude. Nikhil Alexander Walker continues to make contributions that I don't think anyone could have seen coming. Yep. What last night? Thirteen points on plus six 20. shots. Yeah, yeah, plus twenty last night. You know, played extensive time. Um, this guy's contributions have just been so instrumental. And and when McDaniel's was out, they were probably even more important. But with the reason why I think this team has a chance to make a run is is health provided. If you look at this, they have a playoff type team as well because they've got the depth. I'm with you. I would like, I would love to see just for security's sake, a point guard, a backup point guard who, who you trusted completely. But other than that, they've got the depth and they've got the defense for sure. If McDaniels can stay healthy, I think it makes not because of the role that he can then fall into that much more effective. I mean, there's just a lot of things here. Um, that I think are that I think scream the ability when spring comes to actually make some noise. Yeah, it's I mean, and that actually that's a good segue into my fourth and final Wolves take here is that because you bring up Nikhil Alexander Walker. We've talked about Mike Conley a lot on this show, obviously. Uh, my fourth and final take is that Tim Connolly deserves to have his salary doubled again. The Wolves doubled it coming from Denver, double it again. Because not only has the Rudy Gobert trade been just a brilliant jolt that has sent this team to the top of the Western Conference. That dude traded two months of Delo's expiring contract. Yeah, this is one for of those Mike teams. Conley, Nikhil Alexander Walker, and I think the second round pick that led to Leonard Miller. Right? Yeah, it's that trade's been phenomenal, dude. It's a it's a heist. That's one of the most. And if you go back, actually, Kyle and I did, did this uh, lineage yesterday. So let's go back even like a few years. And this is not this is uh, before Tim Conley got here. The Wolves turned the lifeless basketball body of Andrew Wiggins, who was not going to be, he wasn't going to amount to like an NBA champion with the Timberwolves. He, he needed to go to the Warriors, fit into that culture, yeah. discover rebounding for the first time in his life. And now he's just sort of be, become himself again too, by the way. Correct. Yep. So they traded Andrew Wiggins and in fairness, they did trade a first round pick, uh, which wound up being uh, a bust. Not a good player. I can't remember. Uh, but they traded Wiggins in a first for D'Angelo Russell. And D'Angelo Russell helped the Wolves go from being like a 30-win team to a 40-win team. So he was, I think, the two years, three years, whatever, like it was valuable. And then they decided, now we're trying to go from 40 wins to like 50, 55 wins. D'Lo is not going to be a part of that party. And so they wind up flipping the end of his salary for uh, for Conley and Nas. So you basically traded Andrew Wiggins and a first-round pick for Mike Conley, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, and other draft capital over the the straight. Yes. Like, that's a that's good trade lineage in my mind. Well, and the Gobert trade, now, I don't think it's fair to mention it without bringing up the D'Lo trade. Like, it's like, um, it's like two albums that were released by a band <laughs> a year apart, but yeah. they sound like, like they could have been the same. Right? Like, yes. that's the thing is, like, when when you, yes, in a vacuum at the time, the Gobert trade did not look great. And now it does look great. But it also, but it looks great because of Conley. Um, nah just gives you a, a huge lift. So I feel like it was an incomplete picture until the D'Lo trade was actually made. Yep. 
Yep, and you know, D'Lo's out there knocking down threes and scoring his 16 points with LeBron. Oh, yeah, he's it's fine. Great. It's great. Yeah, good. You know what? Bye. But if you ask the Lakers, because the Wolves traded D'Lo for Conley and Nikhil Alexander-Walker, if you ask the Lakers, hey, and the Wolves would never do this, but would you uh, want to trade D'Angelo Russell for Mike Conley and Nikhil Alexander-Walker to play with Anthony Davis and LeBron James and whoever else? Then they'd really be the Timberwolves uh, West because they already have they already have like what uh, they got Jared Vanderbilt. Yep, they got like three dudes from the Timberwolves, but they would make that trade in a heartbeat. I promise you, the other way around. So the Wolves, the Wolves got the best of that interaction. Yeah, the um, the turnaround of Tim Connolly within about a year's time is one of the most incredible executive turnarounds in this in in the history of professional sports in the state. Yeah. And it also shows that in 2022-23 society and culture that we need to sometimes just take a deep breath and let things play out. That, okay, maybe maybe this thing needs more well, than like six months to come to fruition. We all wanted yeah. it to happen right away, but when you let it breathe for a minute, okay, it blossomed. The, the alternate re- reality I'd be curious to, to see, and this would not be a good thing, but would be if they hadn't been able to swing the D-Lo trade as they did. And I guess my question then is, if you made a different trade with D'Lo, because I, I think Rudy, I think Conley's presence has been, you know, both on the floor and off. I think Mike Conley arriving here was a huge lift for Gobert actually uh, and part of his comfort. I also saw Chris Hine from uh, the Star Tribune had a Chris Finch quote from Dallas last night about Mike Conley that I want to read that to you in just a second here before we wrap the show, but uh, a shout out real quick to the grand old creamery. So Ooh. those of you who know, know that the grand old creamery has been an iconic spot in the twin cities as a small batch handcrafted ultra premium ice cream parlor with over 300 flavors, 32 on hand at any given time at their St. Paul grand Avenue location and the Minneapolis Cedar Avenue locations. Uh, This is a third-generation, family-owned and operated delicious dessert destination that's the taste of the Grand Ole Creamery. 14% butterfat, locally sourced from dairy farms within a 100-mile radius. And just for the holidays, eggnog and winter wonderland flavors available for a limited time. Um, Made in Minnesota, taste of Grand Ole Creamery awaits everyone also at Lunds, Byerly's, Kowalski's, Hy-Vee, find your nearest store at grandoldcreamery.com, grandoldcreamery.com. If you spill some of that, some of that grand old creamery on your carpets, don't fear because Zero Res is here to help you deep clean your home and your carpets. Nice. Always helpful. Zero Res, uh, especially with holiday gatherings coming up here, Zero Res is for you to avoid DIYing that cleaning that you've been putting off, okay? Hire Zero Res to get the job done right. And uh, if you call or go to the website, ask about the Score North special, which is three rooms Zero Resified starting at just $129. That's uh, the Score North special, 952-Zero-Res or ZeroResMinnesota.com to get that three room Zero Resified special. Spell it forward or backwards, it spells the same, Zero Res. So here's the uh, here's the Chris Hine tweet with this Chris Finch quote. My, uh, Chris Finch on Mike Conley, quote, he's everybody's big brother, calm, steady, not super vocal in any rah-rah way, but when he talks, everyone is listening. Whether he wanted to be the leader of this team or not, our guys look to him and he's taken it and run with it. He's the big yeah. brother leader of this team. Yep. 
How many times have we talked about that though? That's a that's a role you cannot come in and just say, I'm, I'm a veteran. the leader now. I'm, I'm the, the captain, captain now. now. I'm the captain now. This is my <laughs> basketball team. This is what this is the uh, proverbial it factor. Some guys have it. Some guys don't. Yep. Mike Conley does, and it's just absolutely key here. Yep. So yeah, it's um, man, and and too like from a front office standpoint to be able to kind of look very clearly and see okay, there's just something's a little off here. Yeah, it's a good team, but they're yeah. you know they're kind of they're just something's kind of missing. Let's let's extract this piece and we'll put in these two pieces, and it's well, that's like the th- everything gelled together. That's the thing, though, is I think it's easy to see the the problem. The solution's the hard thing. Yep. And then it's got to be right because then you got to execute a trade, and it's logistically, and you got to get but, a little bit lucky that a Conley is even available. Like he's in a situation yeah. to be traded, his contract fits all that stuff. But you know, what's funny too, that trade, the, the, the Conley trade in, in particular is another thing that shows us that we get excited by, right? Big names. We get excited. D'Lo is going to play here. And we basically get excited by what can amount to a rotisserie baseball or f- fantasy league basketball trade, right? Mm-hmm. Like this guy's got, it's so much more nuanced and like it's pieces of a puzzle. And like, cause like, if we had talked about this last year at this time, if we had talked about Conley, I think we all would have said, oh yeah, veteran guy, stabilizer. That's great. But would we have talked about him in the glowing terms that we do now that we get a chance to see him all the time? I don't think so. He's been, it's, I, I'm wrong a lot. I did say on the the day of the trade that even like before we even know who Nikhil Alexander Walker is and if that guy can play. Conley is a better fit for this team, but I didn't think he was going to be this. I didn't think he right. was going to be like a catalyst for them to be one of the best right. teams in the NBA. So you don't appreciate a guy like this until you see him all the time. Yep. You just can't. Yep. So there you go. Those, those are your wolves takes here after just another impressive win. And as far as the standings go in the NBA. So with that win last night, the Minnesota Timberwolves, have tied the Boston Celtics again for the best record in the NBA at 18 and five. Incredible. Best yep. record in the NBA. Yep. Um, and then the Western Conference, they are two and a half games clear of the Nuggets, but four games clear in the loss column. Mm-hmm. They're three games up on the Thunder. So, man, yeah, the Nuggets are, and, and the Nuggets aren't going away. And that will still be like the Western Conference road will probably have to go through Denver. Maybe the Wolves can get home court, but like you'll have to go through Denver if you... that's going to be so intriguing this time around. And Denver, remember, like after they just basically rolled their way through the entire playoffs, and they look back in retrospect, and multiple guys on that team look back at last year's version of the Timberwolves and said yep. that was the only team that like really made us sweat. What if De- in those playoff series? And and what if Denver becomes that road bump team, like the uh, like the Bulls or the Pistons? Like that team, you've got to get past, and sometimes so you do, fun. and sometimes you don't. And yeah. but I mean, I would be, it would be so interesting now, or it could be to watch the strategy and what's done between like Gobert, how Cat helps, and Joker. Yeah, it's a it's a fun chess match. It's a blast, and even like the perimeter stuff too with Jamal Murray and who would. And we can go back and kind of look at what they did last year, too. But, like, this is a different iteration of this team. The, the Nuggets are trying you. to sustain their championship level. I agree with you, though. Yeah, th- this wouldn't be, I, I think, because of changes and probably more the most important thing, maturity. I'm mm-hmm. with you. I think the Wolves would be a different matchup this time around. Yep. Yep. 
So, all right, that's, uh, that's a wrap here on this Friday Flagrant Howls episode. We'll hit you with a bunch more episodes next week. The Wolves are officially 1-1 one and one during this 16-game stretch against winning and playoff teams, and uh, we'll see if they can keep it rolling here. That's Judd, I'm Phil, and this is your favorite Timberwolves lifestyle podcast, Flagrant Howls.